right, guys, and welcome to Don't Tread on America. I am your host, Don Q, and today is October 20th, 2021. How's it going out there today, guys? Just want to give you a quick update on how awesome the show is doing, thanks to you guys. But first, um, please, if you're listening to this on Apple, on the Apple podcast, whether it be on a phone, an iPod, whatever, iPad, good thing, iPods, anyway, uh, if you <laughs> please give me a five star and share this with your like-minded friends. Any other podcast app that you might be listening to us on, Podbeam, iHeart, uh, Spotify, Amazon, uh, Stitcher, uh, whatever else you're listening to us on, please share this with your friends, guys. Let's just keep this train rolling. The uh, downloads are coming in pretty good. Plays are looking pretty good. Um, I would assume if you're downloading it, you're listening to it. Uh, the one area that we're lacking in is right here on YouTube. I am going to continue to video these um, these podcasts as long as uh, YouTube keeps me on. Uh, however, I would I'm kind of worried that uh, or not worried, but you know it is what it is. After today's show, that might not happen anymore. We'll have to see. But I'm to the point anymore with the uh, with the podcast. I'm just gonna talk about whatever the hell I want to talk about and the things that I believe you guys want to hear. And uh, if YouTube doesn't like it, then so be it. It is what it is, right? Um, I will say this. I did a show on Sunday um, called uh, Biden's No New Taxes Moment, right? And if you guys listen to the show, you know what it was about. Um, I just want to point out, I don't know what other podcast you guys listen to, but I'm not trying to brag on myself or pat myself on the back, but I'm going to go ahead and pat myself on the back. It's about as far as I can reach, though. <laughs> but where I'm going with this is this is a part-time gimmick for me. Obviously, I'm not getting paid to do this. It's just something I want to do, something I want to put out there, get my uh, views and my, my voice out there for everybody to hear. If it blows up, it blows up, you know, whatever. Um, I will say this about that, though. This is not a full-time job, and... I try to get up-to-date and current facts, and sometimes I try to beat people to the punch. And I will say this, I, I've listened to a couple different podcasts myself, and I try not to copy too much stuff. I mean, Sam Walton once said, uh, steal shamelessly, you know, so uh, it is what it is. But <laughs> I will say a lot of the stuff I talked about on Sunday, I heard on different podcasts on Monday and Tuesday. Now, either they're fans of the show which if they are, you know, hey guys, you guys are bigger than me. Give me a shout out. Hook a brother up. You know what I'm saying? Um, if they're not, and I'm just beating them to the punch on some things, and that's good for me. Anywho, so guys, please share this with your friends, and uh, let's just keep this train rolling, and uh, we'll see what happens. Okay? Now, on to Don't Tread on America's Stories of the Day, brought to you in part by Redcon1.com. Redcon One, guys, a great supplement company that I personally use. They're not just a sponsor. I actually use the product. been using them for well over a year. Check them out. Use the promo code. And don't forget uh, T20 Cordimus. It's at the bottom of the, uh, the podcast app. You know, you can use that and uh, get you 20% off. Check them out and uh, tell them that Don sent you. All right, guys. On to the stories of the day. And um, what we're doing here is a little bit different. I'm going to play a little music. I see what happens with this. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. If you guys like it, let me know. If you don't, let me know. And uh, 
you know, we'll go from there. I'm just trying to trying to mix it up a little bit um, for you guys out there. Um, anyway, I wasn't quite prepared enough here. So uh, give me a freaking second to turn this down a little bit. There we go. All right. First story of the day is the most obvious and pressing issue. And that would be what, folks? The supply chain issue. I have been telling you about this for a while now, about getting prepared. And I, I think some people may have been confused about what I meant by get prepared. I, I, I didn't necessarily mean that the apocalypse was coming and World War III is coming. I'm not saying that it's not. I think we we're faced with a bunch of situations here from a supply chain issue that um, we we could be facing, you know, whether it be a, uh, a World War III with China, Russia, all the above, um, or a civil war, or another lockdown, or just running out of shit. You know, when I was telling you guys to get prepared, it was from for everything. I wasn't, you know, a lot of people might have listened to this and be like, oh, this dude's fucking crazy. I'm not going to sit here and buy a bunch of canned food and whatever because, you know, we're, we're not going to go to war. It's never happened here, you know, in my lifetime, yada, yada, yada. I wasn't necessarily talking just about that. It's more about the supply chain issues. And I've told you guys this time and time again, if you have ventured into um, your local grocery store, Sam's Club, Walmart, you know, wherever you shop at, whether it's groceries or your your other items. Hell, I mean, even going into like your department stores like Kohl's or, you know, into the mall and stuff like that. If you if anybody still really does those things, the um, the fact of the matter is the stores are not as full as they would normally be this time of year. Going into the holiday season, you got Halloween, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas. Usually you go into, you know, Kohl's, for example. If, you know, if you, there's a Kohl's around where you live, and they're usually packed out but right now with winter clothes, and uh, all their summer stuff's usually on sale or clearance, you know, that's usually when you start grabbing up extra shorts and t-shirts and stuff like that for next year when they're half off or cheaper, and that's not really uh, the case right now because, <laughs> obviously, the boat, the uh, Biden boat parade out there in the Pacific is, uh, is uh, you know, taking its course but I thought something interesting something I, I came across um I never really never really thought much about it to be honest but you know I don't think much about Pete uh planning all and right dinner used to all be right how's it going out there let me Until mute that all right I don't know what the fuck that shit was <laughs> anyway uh sorry uh Pete Buttigieg I don't really think much about him uh, you know, how he got his job and why he got his job. I really don't give a shit. I guess as president, you have to fill all these different positions. It's kind of a too many chiefs and not enough Indians um, scenario, in my opinion. Um, but it, as little as we know about Pete Buttigieg, we all, we all we know he's, you know, gay or whatever. He's married to a gentleman. I don't recall his name and it doesn't really matter. But... Um, Evidently, everyone was so focused on where's Kamala and where's Joe and what's he doing and what's going on with this, that, and the other thing. Well, evidently, this particular area of expertise, the ports and whatnot, is, is Pete Buttigieg's area. Well, the supply chain thing ha isn't new. Obviously, I've been telling you guys about it for a couple of weeks now, or a couple of months, actually, um, because it's been going on since 
late last year. This isn't a new thing. It's just finally starting to catch up to the stores. So the stuff on the boats, obviously, have to go to warehouse, then they go to stores. Well, I told you, you know, a while back this was happening. Everyone was kind of like, I'm going to my store. There's no problem. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, no, because if you went to Walmart or Sam's or whatever, they've got a shit ton of warehouses around the country. So obviously their warehouses were probably nice and packed out and no big, no bubbles, no troubles. But slowly but surely, just from natural, you know, attrition of people buying stuff, those warehouses slowly and slowly emptied out. And you'd have those situations where people would buy a shit ton of toilet paper or they'd buy this or they'd buy that. And, uh, and those things happen. And I get that. But now it's to the point where they're not able to replenish because the warehouses are empty. If you guys shop at a Sam's Club or a, uh, what are the other ones, Costco or BJ's or whatever, just look around. <laughs> I've probably been to Sam's Club more in the last two weeks than I've been in the last year. And I'm not lying when I say that because usually the only thing I get from Sam's is water. You know, the big cases of water. Because I drink a crap ton of water. Um, and I'll just usually order it on the app, swing up there, they bring it out, I throw it in the trunk and head home. But to actually go into Sam's, it's been a while. But lately, it's been frequent. And it's just constantly... I mean, we were actually there last night and uh, just trying to buy some extra meat and stuff. I don't want to get too crazy with the the frozen food aspect of stuff, but just, you know, meat in general, whether it's, you know, steak, uh, beef, chicken. So we were, me and my wife were there, uh, I think Saturday. And uh, we were there the week before and our daughter had bought some, some chicken. My wife's like, oh, I want to get some of that chicken that she got. So we were in there on Saturday and Lo and behold, no, there was very, very little chicken, and that was Saturday. We were in there again, or may, maybe it was Sunday, I don't know. It was just this weekend, and then we were in there last night, Tuesday, and no chicken, totally empty. There was two, um, two packages of whole chickens, you know, a whole bird, and my daughter bought one, and then that was it. There was no other chicken left, so not to mention the prices are just every day seem a little bit higher so like I said time and time again I've said this um, guys if you have the ability to buy a few extra things please do so for your sake but anyway back to Pete Buttigieg so Department of uh, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg said Sunday that America's supply chain disruptions are expected to continue into next year so now they're finally coming out and admitting that there's an issue, right? Claiming bottleneck has been spurred in part by an unprecedented amount of demand brought on by President Biden's economic recovery. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> so, during uh, an appearance on CNN's State of the Union, Booty Judge was asked uh, by host Jake Tapper if Americans should prepare themselves for economic issues like a supply chain disruption and if inflation gets worse before it gets better. And uh, here's what he had to say. Well, certainly a lot of the challenges that we've ex been experiencing this year will continue into next year, but there are both short-term and long-term steps that we can take to do something about it. Look, uh, part of what's happening isn't just the supply side, it's the demand side. Demand is off the charts. Retail sales are through the roof. And if you think about those images of uh, ships, for example, waiting at anchor on the West Coast, 
you know, every one of those ships uh, is full of record amounts of goods that Americans so are buying. So unload the uh, damn boats. demand is up, because income is up, uh, because the president has successfully guided this economy out of the teeth of a terrifying recession. Well, certainly a lot. So <laughs> the thing is about that is, yes, no shit, dipshit. We know the boats are fucking out there. We know this. Unload them. Why aren't they being unloaded? And number one, number two, why are they sitting out there? You make it sound like we just fucking started unloading boats in L.A. and Long Beach and wherever else they unload them on the West Coast. This isn't new. This isn't a new thing. So, you know, he goes on to say, um, our supply chains can't keep up. And, of course, our supply chains, that's the complicated system that is mostly in private hands, and rightly so. Our role is to be an honest broker, bringing together um, different players there, secure commitments, and get solutions that are going to make it easier. Buttigieg said the supply chain's issues demonstrated a need for House Democrats to pass a $1 trillion bipartisan infrastructure bill that allocates $17 billion to U.S. ports and remains stalled due to party infighting over the $3.5 trillion bill. This is one more example of why we need to pass the infrastructure bill, Buttigieg said. There are $17 billion in the president's infrastructure plan for ports alone, and we need to deal with the long-term issues that have made us vulnerable to these kinds of bottlenecks and demand fluctuations, shocks, and disruptions like the ones that have been caused by the pandemic. I would say, I'm going I'm to read on here, but I would say ultimately the issue is the bottleneck was caused by locking down the, the country. Now, granted, I know that happened, you know, back, what was that, last year, March, February, March, when we started the whole 15 days of slow to spread, right? And, you know, I've told you guys this story before. If you don't live in Florida, you don't know this. But in Florida, we did the 15 days. DeSantis, you know, we shut everything down for two weeks. And then slowly but surely, he opened everything up. By the summertime, we were good to go, right? And say what you want about our COVID numbers. That'll be later on in the show. Um, so I'm not going to get into that right now. Uh but um, there wasn't that much of a delay in things getting done in this state. Uh, whereas, like in California, they were locked down up until this year. You know, it's at, at, maybe not 100%, but at some up to a certain percentage locked down. So a lot of these dock workers, much like McDonald's workers and, you know, whatever other workers where they're scarce, some of these people just didn't go back to work or they moved or whatever the case may be. But these infrastructure bills, it's like they, they start to, there's an issue. Whatever that issue is at the docks is an issue. Now all of a sudden, $17 billion to port authorities is going to fix the problem. It wasn't a problem a year ago. It wasn't a problem two years ago. The problem is, is you guys fuck things up and you don't know how to fix it. So, let me read on here. But pressed by Tapper on whether he was frustrated by progressives holding up the infrastructure bill in order to get the bigger bill passed, Buttigieg stressed the need for both bills. Of course he did. The reality is that America needs both of these pieces of legislations. If you care about inflation, you ought to care about <laughs> not just the supply chain issues, but the infrastructure things I work on. Um, why in the hell does just jump? <laughs> He's Louise. This thing just totally jumped on me. Oh, well. Anyway, basically, 
his, I would assume his whole interview, I didn't watch it, was about pushing the blame to another situation to try and get this infrastructure bill passed. And ultimately, the supply chain thing has been going on since this guy has been uh, secretary, uh, whatever, transportation secretary. There's been an issue. Not saying he started the issue, but he didn't help fix the issue. But instead, what he did when he was nominated and, and placed in this position, he and his husband decided to adopt a child or I don't know if it was one or two children, whatever they did. And so what he went ahead and did is after they adopted the kids is he went ahead and um, took a, took a, what eight weeks, I think, paternity leave, which, yeah, granted, I know by law he's allowed to do so. I'm not I'm not I'm not denying his right to be able to to take his paternity leave. What I'm questioning is the fact that maybe just maybe he should have weighed his, I mean, I, I, let me put it this way. I'm sure they didn't, oh, I'm going to be uh, nominated as the Secretary of uh, Transportation. Let's adopt a kid. I, I don't know exactly how long that process takes. I'm sure it takes a little bit. So surely this was something they have been working on and just so happened that now he gets, you know, they get the kid or kids, whatever it is. But maybe as a responsible politician if there is such a thing you should uh say okay well we adopted the kids you are the stay-at-home whatever and whatever husband why i don't know whatever you want to call it you are the stay-at-home parent um therefore i'm going to continue to work because we got a clusterfuck going on right now and since i'm the transportation guy i need to go ahead and try and be there and, and fix things and then take your time off down the road or something I just don't get it. But what kills me is then you have the uh, the secretary, uh, the I'm sorry, the deputy secretary at the U.S. Treasury has put Americans on notice with that the only way to end the plague of empty shelves around the country is for every resident to be vaccinated. So to me, that sounds like a threat. So are you are you trying to say I don't? You know who the deputy deputy uh, secretary is? Let me say Wally Adamio, Adamo, whatever. Uh, so the, he's the Biden's administration's second highest official in the Treasury Department. Appear to publicly blackmail and still sizable portion of Americans who have uh, not been vaccinated against COVID. On a uh, during an interview on ABC on Thursday, seemingly blaming them for ongoing shortages of consumer goods that have uh, led many to uh, mock the president as empty shelves Joe. So to me, you know, that sounds like a threat. So is it a, is it a situation now? You have to ask the question where like Judge was saying, oh, it's the ports. Uh, we can't get the boats unloaded. We don't have enough people. And Joe coming out, oh, I struck a deal. We're going to work 24 hours, oh, blah, blah, blah. And God damn, um, Work, you know, but to me, it almost sounds like they're saying, you know, you boats need to stay out out at uh, in the water there because we're not unloading anything until we get every motherfucker here uh, vaccinated. So let's assume that's true. Let's assume that that these boats are being told they can't come to port 
because they um, because of this. It almost sounds a little bit more logical. I mean, not great, but logical in the sense that. Um, bless. I, I swear, I'm just not having good technology issues today. <laughs> you know, Joe's been threatening us since September, or since or before then, about everyone getting vaccinated. What are you waiting on? You know, all his little tyrants and and whatnot. But it seems like more of a way to cause a divide in this country between vaccinated and unvaccinated. I mean, every day you hear something negative about people that won't get vaccinated. Why is that? Because the majority of the country is vaccinated, not to their levels that they want it. But I I think I read 71, 72 percent of Americans have had at least I think it's at least one shot. I also heard someone say it was 77% have had both shots. So I don't know what they consider fully vaccinated, whether it's one, two, three, four, five, six. I don't know what it is, but uh, let's assume it's 70% of Americans are fully vaccinated. So uh, roughly speaking, um, 30% aren't, right? So that's 90, roughly 90 million, give or take, people in this country aren't vaccinated. So... What, they're, what it seems like they're trying to do, it, assuming what this guy is saying is true, that they're holding these boats off and then they're going to blame you know, people like you and me that aren't vaccinated because of this issue. Well, we're out of toilet paper because your neighbor won't get vaccinated. Oh, you don't want, you, we don't have canned soup. Oh, we're not going to have turkeys for Christmas or Thanksgiving because, not that I think many turkeys come on the boats, but nonetheless, they're going to sit there and blame to cause more divide. Well, unfortunately or not unfortunately but fortunately you guys are getting a little piece of uh what we've been what we've been basking in i guess is a good word in florida with our beloved governor i i so lovingly refer to as ronnie double d desantis here's him uh yesterday in jacksonville uh giving a little sugar water to everybody uh saying the florida ports are open uh, as many of you know, we are facing uh, major disruptions, as, uh, as uh, not only just in the United States, but beyond, but certainly in the United States, disruptions in the supply chain. You've seen the images of all these ships docked off the coasts of, of various cities in the United States where there's a big log jam. That, of course, is impacting what we see in terms of on our, on our store shelves. We see more empty shelves than, than we're used to seeing. And, empty and shelves, Joe. Different things. Of course, we're also seeing increased cost in terms of inflation, uh, year-over-year increase in food prices so far as the highest it's been in 10 years. And of course, many commuters have been, have been suffering under about a 50% increase in gasoline. And so you see uh, a lot of problems. I know they just announced, well, in California, maybe they'll start having the, the port operate 24-7. Our ports operate 24-7. I mean, mic drop. Um, <laughs> and that's true. And I'm, I mentioned that a couple a couple of shows ago. I was like, you know, Joe Biden's coming out like he broke some kind of fucking deal saying, oh, we're going to get the docks open 24 hours a day. Motherfucker, I can't I can't believe I like like Ronnie Double D right there just said, I can't even believe that the docks over there aren't running 24 hours. They might not be 24-7, but I guarantee you if they're they're running 24-5, I guarantee fucking to you they are. He didn't strike any kind of deal. What he did is he talked to whomever over there 
that he could, uh, you know, talk to whatever, whoever's in charge of that in California. Um, and they probably like, oh, yeah, we already, we already do that. Oh, cool. I'll just tell everybody we struck a deal. Make it look like I'm doing something. You got some ice cream? You know, whatever. All right. That was more Bill. This is more Bill. Hey, how's it going out there? Just got out of the hospital with my sepsis. I mean, that's what they reported, but it was really uh, BD sugar water. No. Anyway. <laughs> so, um, interesting. So, uh, already German shipping line Hab- Habag Lloyd has temporarily rerouted it. Re- Rerouted. It's Atlantic Loop service, which connects the U.S. to Europe to Jacksport, which is in Jacksonville, bringing um, a thousand more containers per week. During this time of un- unprecedented port disruption, Jacksonville's efficiencies on both land side and water side continue to make us outstanding with the industry. So basically, what I'm here to what I'm here to tell you guys is you're getting a little bit of taste of what's going to happen because. I know a lot of people are saying, like, I follow Jack Posobiec on um, on on uh, Twitter, and uh, he was saying, you know, the, the worst-kept secret in politics is that um, Trump's not running or is running or whatever for president. So, and I'll say this about that. If Trump runs, I, I say he wins. I, I think that's not even a question. Now, offhand, I, I don't know how exactly how old Trump is. I know uh, Dipshit McGee's what he's going to be seventy eight, I think seventy eight or seventy nine next month. Uh, oldest president that we've ever had. Um, Trump's not much younger than him, although he seems like he is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I mean, legitimately, I think he's like seventy six, if I'm not mistaken. Which you know, which means he would be pushing eighty himself in twenty twenty four. Um, so like he says, that's the worst kept secret, him not running for president. Um, and it is interesting because you got to think if he isn't going to run for president, why is he doing all these different rallies around the country? But be that as it may, if he does not run, like I I presented a scenario to someone I was talking to the other day, let's assume Trump runs in 24. Okay. Let's, let's assume that's the case. He can only run. He can only do one more term. If he wins, he can only go one more time. So, who would be his best option for um, for VP? Right? Most people would say Aaron tell you, "Oh, it'd be Pence, right?" Because Pence, blah blah blah. No, guarantee you, it's not Mike Pence. I'm not guarantee you. I'm not guaranteeing you who it will be, but I guarantee you it won't be Mike Pence. Um, if I had to make a bet, assuming Trump runs, I would say it'd be Ron, Ron DeSantis because then you'd be looking at a solid possible 12 years. Um, now, rumor has it that if DeSantis wins, that not that he has a short list, I, I, not that I know that he has a short list, I should say. I'm sure he probably does have some sort of list. Surely he's talking to people about possibly running. It's just not public. But uh, rumor has it that uh, Tulsi Gabbard's on his short list. Now, some of you guys might be listening to this and thinking, wasn't Tulsi Gabbard a Democrat? She was a Democratic senator from Hawaii. And uh, you'd be right. You'd be right. She is a Democrat. But I think it's a situation where you have Republicans, you have Democrats that are technically Republicans and and Democrats because they kind of have to be one or the other. Now, like uh, Bernie Sanders, for example, he's technically an independent uh, senator from Vermont. Now, granted, he swings left harder than the motherfucker. 
he's lefter than left. And when he runs, ran for president the last two times, he ran as the Democratic, uh, for Democratic uh, nomination, right? But uh, you uh, see, in this country, unfortunately, we, we kind of have those limits. I mean, granted, there's plenty of political parties, and um, but most people only know Republican and Democrat and possibly, you know, Libertarian or whatever. But for the most part, you're not going to get anywhere in this country as a politician if you don't run under one of the two flags. Rand Paul, for example. I would, I would consider him more of a libertarian than a Republican. But once again, I think he knows what he has to do to be able to be relevant. At any rate, I personally like Tulsi Gabbard. Um, during the, she ran for president this last go around during one of the, uh, the, uh, deals, uh, the presidential, uh, shit, I don't even think what it's called, but the debates, there you go. Uh, I know she went after Kamala a couple different times that she's smart. She has her wits about her, but she, she says a lot of things that the left doesn't like. And that's why I believe she didn't really go anywhere with it, but that would be interesting. That would be an interesting choice in my opinion. So, um, I guess we, it remains to be seen and, uh, we'll see what happens. And, uh, you know, for life, man, I had another video here, but now it's not here. Of course, right? Of course. If I knew what I was doing, we'd be dangerous. <laughs> I swear to God. Anyway, so, um. What I'm going to go into now is our uh, COVID portion of the show. Um, you know, when me and Chris were doing this show together a while back, granted, he hasn't been here in, what, two months now. Um, but, you know, so be it. Uh, we tried, you know, we got to a point where we tried to stay away from the COVID talk. And, and the reason that was was because we felt people were getting burnt out on COVID. We were getting burnt out and so on and so forth. But... um I just think there's a lot of interesting um, things here. Now, this was from, uh, let me read this story here. Possibly. Maybe. So this is leak, leaked audio that reveals a DOJ official questioning uh, sincerity of Americans' religious exemptions to COVID vaccine. That's from the post-millennial. You guys can take that for what it's worth. But it, it is what it is. We have to read the news as it comes. Um I have this clip. Now, this is off of their website. Um, it's about, I think it's about two minutes long. So let's play that, and uh, I'll catch you on the backside. Cases. And for instance, in the New York case that's currently going on against the state of New York, the Thomas More Society is representing a bunch of doctors and nurses who claim that they would sin gravely if they acted in cooperation with the evil of abortion. How would they be doing so? The claim is that all three of the current vaccines... And what he's talking about here is um, that were, that were the people's uh, using the, the religious itself, exemptions the from uh, taking the, the vaccine. tested using fetal cells that had been aborted. And even the connection to the previous testing makes them cooperative with evil in a way that their religion prohibits. I don't want to say anything too categorical, but I believe that when this claim will be very difficult for agencies to successfully claim that that's either insincere or non-religious. 
even if it is, even if we know that many of those claims are not sincere or are sincere but not religious, this is the most common claim you're going to confront probably. And it's likely that the, you will have to take as a given the employee's claim. Not always, right? One response that some hospitals have started to give is, well, do you know that Tylenol and Tums and Preparation H, those were all tested using aborted fetal cell lines too. And I expect that employees will then say, well, I didn't know that, but now that you tell me that, I'll stop using those products as well. And then then we will turn to the what, what does the government have to do once the employee makes that showing. And here, basically, there is a compelling interest, obviously, in keeping our workforce and the public with which we interact safe from COVID. So I want to be incredibly clear. So um, what's what's interesting about it, that was a leaked phone call, right? So I guess the biggest question here is if, if why, number one, Pfizer or whatever, I think Pfizer is the one that's been um, FDA approved, right? Well, generally, when things are FDA approved, you can get a hold of the... Um, the uh, ingredients right the mix uh, or how the the product whatever that product is came to fruition right so the the question is why haven't we gotten that information and why um why aren't more people upset about this for example you see PETA right the the animal people right that oppose meat and killing animals and whatever. If you you have those people that are in PETA that um, that oppose certain brands of, of uh, makeup or uh, soap or whatever, and it's not, um, <laughs> they oppose eating meat and drinking milk and eating cheese and whatever else, but I'm saying as far as a, uh, it's from a uh, standpoint of, of, um, products so like i said shampoo soap whatever makeup they they'll pick it in front of these you know companies procter and gamble and johnson and johnson whatever that make these different items because you know they're harming animals in in the making of these products yada 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 and that's their right if they so choose and so be it whatever i don't care so if they can do that then why can't i say okay well on the project veritas video it came out that uh that they used fetal cells and from aborted babies in in the making of this uh, vaccine. Now, it's not to say that those are in the vaccine because we don't know that yet, right? But it is a situation of what um, it, that they were used to make the vaccine, whether it was a a testing thing or you know whatever the case may be. Um. I'm sorry, I was reading something. <laughs> uh, and and if you feel that, if you feel strongly about that stuff, then so be it. Like, and the guy says on the telephone call, well, what if I told you that, uh, you know, Tylenol and ibuprofen or whatever was made using those methods also? Well, I didn't know that, so I'd probably stop taking it too. Um, there's probably a lot of things. I mean, I don't know this for a fact, but I would assume there's probably a lot of things that we use on on a daily basis that we don't think about how it's made, right? Uh, whatever that something is, I, whether it's medicine, food, whatever, I don't care. 
we we all do it. Oh, that's new. Let's use that. Oh, you know, you have a headache. Oh, this is a new headache medicine. Let me use that. See how that works. Whatever. Well, obviously, we all don't research every little. I, I mean, there are people that do, but for the most part, Americans don't do that. We watch TV. You see a commercial. There's a new item. Oh, wow, that looks cool. Let me buy it. Maybe that'll help my back pain. Maybe that'll help. You know, maybe that food's good. Maybe it's not. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think the question is the the speed of this vaccine. Now, granted, like when Trump was in office, the whole deal was Project Warp Speed, and we're going to push this vaccine out, and yada, yada, yada. And I will also say this this is probably less by this is less partisan than CNN and whoever else you listen to make it out to be. And by that, I mean, if you watch CNN or MSNBC or those left-leaning uh, news agencies, they'll sit there and tell you that the people that aren't vaccinated are Trump supporters. And I've told you before, I don't believe that to be true. I would say that that, that there are vac- uh, Trump people that aren't vaccinated. But I guarantee you, like I told you before a couple of weeks ago, the last number I saw was, what, 65% African-Americans that weren't vaccinated. And I would guarantee you a chunk of those folks are not um, Trump supporters. You know, they may have voted for Biden. I don't think it has anything to do with who the president is, because I can guarantee you that if Trump was president, I still wouldn't have taken the vaccine. It's just too fast. I told you guys this in the last show. In my whole life of working jobs, I've never been asked to fill out a form saying I've had whatever vaccines. Okay. And COVID, oh, it's deadly. It's deadly. We need to know. Why? It isn't deadly. I had COVID. I'm still alive. Okay. It might be deadly for some people. It's not deadly for everybody. So why should I be forced to take a vaccine when right now, for sure, I know I have a natural immunity to it because I just had it less than two months ago. Okay. So I think it should be the people's right to not take it. Right now, we're, we're surely we're in herd immunity. You notice, <laughs> it was interesting because I got into a little argument, I guess, with someone on Twitter. You know, I'm back on Twitter now, so of course I can't stay off of it and I keep fucking with people. But uh, it's what I do. And uh, I don't remember exactly the post I made. Uh, but uh, the person said words. It was crazy. You should have seen it. <laughs> Let me see if I can find the post real quick. I don't tweet too much, but uh, of course my iPad's going to be super slow today, so why not? Why wouldn't it be? I don't know. I said words, man. It was crazy. You should have been there. Come on, where you at? Jeez Louise. Only because I decided to look this up, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I want to talk about that, too. Interesting. I can't find it now. Is it in here? So, anyway, I don't remember. I can't find it, for the love of God. You know, I swear to God, if if, if, if I wasn't looking for it, it'd be dancing on my head. Um. Anyway, I'm sorry. So, I'd said... Uh, there was an article to come out about uh, about uh, the place I live here, Florida, <laughs> saying that uh, uh, you know, Death Santas. I played you all the commercial. 
saying that um uh fuck why can't i say the words uh there was more deaths in in florida so far year to date or whatever than in all of vietnam so you know florida's killing everybody and you get covid in florida you're gonna die we kill more people than vietnam so i i tweeted the article out and i said but interesting uh, interestingly enough less than california and new york so a person comments and says oh yeah but per capita uh, blah 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 okay per capita is a lame argument per capita is just a way for you to make it for that's what the left does they they use the argument that's going to work best for their they're going to use the numbers that work best for their argument right so in um in california i, I know i'm not gonna be able to find this with any kind of quickness just because that's my life anyway in california to date this is current there's been 71,000 deaths okay in new york there's been 70 or i'm sorry 57,000 deaths okay and in florida there's been 58 Okay, so granted, there has been a, a little bit more in, in Florida than in New York. But I think per capita, it's a those two states are a little bit lower, even though the total deaths of um, in California are higher. They have a higher population, therefore it brings the per capita down. In uh, New York, their number is a little bit lower, plus they have a lower population. So it's a little bit lower. I mean, it's not dramatically lower it's not like our per capita is 200 and theirs is 50 or something like that it's literally like a a a few piece difference and like i said before our numbers are are dropped you know like through the basement not that there's basements in florida's but you know what i'm saying and we will continue to drop and maintain that number through the winter probably into you know april may of next year in the meantime New York's numbers not that much lower than ours and they're about to hit their peak season not that we should this should be a contest for who kills the most people or whatever but anyway my argument with this person was the per capita number and so you know the the article said more deaths in uh, Florida than in Vietnam and I I don't know the exact number of deaths in uh, Vietnam it was it was around it was around the same number it was around 57 58,000 and we just surpassed that so you know blah 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 but technically the way you figure out a per capita is you take the number of deaths versus the number of population right you divide that and then you multiply it by 100,000 and that gives you your per capita number okay so using that same formula you take the deaths in Vietnam and I didn't do the exact number I just did 58,000 it was just over 58,000 but whatever divided by the amount of soldiers that were deployed to Vietnam right and that was 2.7 million once again not an exact number it was 2.7 blah 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 whatever so I just 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 to give me an idea okay so the um, the uh, per capita number in Florida I think at the time when that article was first released was 180 something people per capita right um interestingly enough 58,000 roughly deaths in vietnam versus 22.7 million soldiers gives you a per capita of 2148 people so if you want to make the argument of a per capita number i still say florida is doing a lot better than vietnam did 
That's that's the thing. They throw out these totals. Oh, more people dead than in Vietnam. Okay, well, there's, I don't know the exact population of Florida. is like 20 million people in Florida. Okay? You sent 10% less than that to Vietnam. So quit making the arguments of such because it really is uh, is stupid. But the interesting thing, the most interesting thing about COVID and everything that's going on and vaccines, whether you want to be or not, whether you want to wear a mask or not, so be it. I, I really, really don't give a shit. Get vaccinated if you want. See a doctor. Let them figure it out for you. Wear a mask if you want. I don't care. If you don't like breathing, wear a fucking mask. But, uh, of course, our buddy uh, Peter Ducey, right? The White House has this. Uh, I don't know if you guys heard about this. Uh, I think it was Saturday. The Bidens were at some restaurant in, in D.C. where there is a mask mandate, especially when you're in restaurants and whatnot. And uh, so, you know, uh, Ducey had to ask Saki about it. It was not just exiting the restaurant, though. He was walking through the restaurant with no mask on. There is a carve-out for uh, people under two or people who are actively eating or drinking. So I'm just curious why the president was doing this. I think I just addressed it, Peter. Actually, no, she didn't. See, because what she did was not address it. Okay, the question was, uh, the president was seen in um, whatever restaurant in, in D.C., him and his wife, and they walked from their table to the car without a mask on. She tried to spin it as, um, oh, it was a picture. Picture was taken of, um, of them. So surely when you get up from the table, you can't get up quick enough and put your mask on. Well, I would assume, I, I mean, I don't wear a fucking mask, but let's assume I did. Okay, I'm eating dinner, drinking a beer. Me and my wife are getting ready to leave. I would assume before I got up because, you know, COVID's up here. So I want to be down here under the COVID, right? So surely before I get up, I'm going to put my mask on, right? That takes, what, a second? Mask. So why would you stand up where the COVID is? You know, because if you're sitting, you're safe. COVID, COVID does over a five-foot disease unless you're a child because then it goes down. to uh, Anyway. But he walked from the table to the car, however big the restaurant is. I mean, just take any restaurant you've ever been to in your life and just assume you were sitting at the table and you walked to your car. It's a little bit of a walk. You probably walked by a few tables. You probably had a few people say, oh, Mr. President. You know, you might have had a few people shooting a bird. I don't know. Been like, hey, <laughs> there goes Joe. Um, nonetheless, no mask. Now, it's all the Secret Service agents, mask. I think the thing that pisses me off about this whole thing, once again, uh, news of the obvious, right? Don's pissed off about something. Is the fact that um, these these leaders, if <laughs> leaders, if you want to call them that, mask. You got to wear a mask. You got to get vaccinated. You got to do this. You got to do that. In the meantime, this dude's doing that. You got Lori Lightfoot in Chicago mandating vaccines for the police officers mandated masks you know it's a citywide mask mandate in uh in chicago for indoor activities wherever those are and yet what was it saturday or sunday she's at basketball game the chicago girls basketball team i don't know sky or whatever their name is uh won the WNBA championship and there she is celebrating with thousands of people in the stands with no mask on rules for me Rules for thee, not for me, right? Isn't that what they say? 
do as I say, don't not as I do. If you can't tell that this has nothing to do with a fucking disease, it's not even a disease, it's a fucking virus, it's the flu, okay? If you can't see that it's about control and it has nothing to do with keeping you healthy, because if that was the case, you'd have the 78-year-old fucking old man double, triple masked up. I don't give a shit that he's been vaccinated three times, five times, a hundred times. It doesn't matter to me. I don't give a shit. They're telling you that if you're vaccinated or not, you have to wear a mask, right? So why in the hell wouldn't the leader of, of our country, the leader of our country, not do, if nothing else, even if he doesn't believe it, if your goal is to get everybody to do it, you would think you would lead by example, right? If you're Lori Lightfoot in Chicago, you telling your police officers they have to be this, that, and the other thing or they're going to lose their jobs and they can't even retire because of this. They, they literally have to quit and then they lose everything. They lose their pensions and everything, which is bullshit. Um, had no problem a year ago when you needed all these motherfuckers. You needed these nurses and doctors and police officers and fired you know, workers and ambulance people, whatever. Had no problems back then but now now all of a sudden we got to do this we got to push the narrative we got to push the issue there's something else going on here i was listening to brian kilmeade's show this morning or i think it was actually yesterday and he had ben carson on and even he ben carson we all know who he is right noted neurosurgeon uh he was the hud secretary for under trump obviously not a stupid person right even he is sitting there questioning that this, there's something else going on here. This isn't about COVID. This is about a disease. Or I'm sorry, about, a, about control. He even put it to the point where maybe it's a situation where they just keep on throwing mandates out there to see what you do, what you as the public do. And, and I was thinking about that when he said that. Well, it's interesting because... Think about his uh, little thing he had on September 9th, right, about the va uh, vaccine mandates. People lost their shit to the point where you had states and you had some companies. You had Southwest. You had these different companies say, we're mandating it, the president said. And like I said on the show, the president isn't the fucking king. He just can't come out and say, hear ye, hear ye, I hear declare everyone shall about be fucking vaccinated. You can't. It doesn't work like that. It's now the fucking Constitution was wrote. Okay. Constitution was wrote. There's checks and balances. Got to pass the fucking law. You can't just fucking throw out fucking mandates. Hey, it's a mandate, mandate, mandate. Shit. Doesn't work like that. But the fact that for the last year and a half or so, we've been living under different mandates, especially in different parts of the country, wherever you live. Even in Florida, we had mandates. We had the state two, day, two weeks to close, uh, slow the spread, right? That was a mandate. You had, we're going to slowly open back up. But I think what happened in Florida is every the whole country was scared. Nobody knew what the fuck was going on, right? So they listened. And they did what they were supposed to do. And then you had, you know, states like Florida and Texas and whatever that slowly opened back up and followed the science, not the politician science, but the actual science. And um, the states that didn't do that... It pissed their 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 people off. That's why you're seeing so many, so much. I mean, I think I saw a poll yesterday 
where it is. I tweeted it out on the Twitter. His uh, job approval is like 38%. I mean, it's not an official poll. It's a poll, but it's not one of the main ones. But still, 38 fucking percent? I mean, really? The most popular guy. I, I tweeted out when I retweeted. It was a tweet I retweeted, or a graph. And I put out there, uh, 81 million people voted for this guy because he was, he was the savior. Or was it more that 45 million people just voted against Trump? And I think that's probably the case. Anywho, on to our final story of the day, and it's our portion that brings a smile to your face. It's what I like to call, Wow! I feel good! That was loud. I am sorry about your ears on that. I did not know it was going to be that loud. But anyway, our feel good, <laughs> our feel good uh, portion of the day um, is out of, where else? Fucking free state of Florida, baby. Right here. <laughs> so, uh, this is a body cam video. I'm not going to play the video because it's about three minutes long and it's literally just a, a police officer running into a house. So, I'll spare, spare it to three minutes. But a Florida deputy ran into a burning home and rescued a three-year-old boy who was hiding from the fire and smoke underneath a blanket. This was on October 17th. The Flagler County Sheriff's Officer responded to a residence in Palm Coast about a house fire. K-9 Deputy First Class Marcus Dawson arrived at the scene. Dawson met with a neighbor who advised that the fire started in the kitchen. He had not seen the three occupants that day. Upon checking the exterior of the residence, Dawson observed the fire on the stove and it was spreading to the cabinets. There was a thick black smoke filling the resident, dogs barking at the sliding glass door and on uh, in the bedroom. Dawson made verbal commands into the residence and did not receive any response. As he was walking to the front of the residence, he observed a bathroom light on and made more announcements to the door. Again, not receiving any response, he walked around to the back of the house and entered through the patio, uh, the unlocked screen door. Dawson observed movement in the bed in the master bedroom. As he got close, he observed a toddler under the blankets hiding from the smoke. He immediately entered the residence, rescued the child, carried him out of the home, the toddler received medical attention and was cleared at the scene. Without this, without this deputy's uh, response and attention to the situation, I mean, he could have just as easily given up and been like, well, no one's home, fire department's coming, I'll just wait. He continued to observe the situation, looking through the windows. Like on the video, it's his um, body cam. And like I said, when he pulls up, he talks to the neighbor. You know, hey, what's going on, blah, blah, blah. Neighbors, I haven't seen anybody all day. I don't know. And his observation of what was going on noticed that the blankets were moving, the dogs were barking, lights were on, that maybe someone was home. So he took a chance to make sure, because Jesus Christ, could you imagine the what could have happened? Thank God for this man and his worth all to care about someone else other than himself because he could have just easily not run to the house and this poor child would have died. I mean, granted, <laughs> uh, we should ask the question. This was a toddler. Doesn't say how old the child was, but uh, I, I don't know where the, <laughs> where, it said three residents. Where were the mom and dad? I'm assuming them were the other two residents. I don't know. I guess, uh, I guess that remains to be seen. Uh, but nonetheless, happy ending all around. 
And uh, most importantly, the child didn't die, whether it was the negligence of the parents or what. I guess we'll find that out down the road. Who cares? child is alive and he is safe, so thank God for that. And on that note, we're going to put a lid on the day, folks. I just want to thank everybody out there. Continue to do the things you're doing for me. Don't forget our website, don'ttreadonamerica.com. One-stop shop for all the social media, um, different whatnot. You can see the beautiful face of the PCGC. If you want to go on YouTube, subscribe, check out the video, give us a thumbing and a liking. Please, if you go to the Facebook or Instagram, um, both, both of those are Don't Trade on America. And on Twitter, DTOM underscore 1775. And I'm on Twitter also, PCGC underscore 1775. Check us out. Drop a line. Say hello. But most importantly, guys, if you're listening to me on Apple, like this show, podcast, share it with your friends. Give me a five-star rating. And uh, just hook a brother up, man. Just trying to grow this thing. And uh, I will talk to you guys again on Friday. Today is October 20th, 2021. You guys have a fantastic Wednesday, and we'll talk to you again later. See you guys on the flip-flop.